Section twenty seven of the Children of Odin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Elizabeth Clett. The Children of Odin, the Book of Northern Myths, by Parik Kolum. Part four. Chapter eleven. The Twilight of the Gods. Snow fell on the four quarters of the world. Icy winds blew from every side. The sun and the moon were hidden by storms. It was the Fimble winter. No spring came and no summer. No autumn brought harvest or fruit, and winter grew into winter again. There was three years' winter. The first was called the Winter of Winds. Storms blew and snows drove down, and frosts were mighty. The children of men might hardly keep alive in that dread winter. The second winter was called the Winter of the Sword. Those who were left alive amongst men robbed and slew for what was left to feed on. Brother fell on brother and slew him, and over all the world there were mighty battles. And the third winter was called the Winter of the Wolf. Then the ancient witch who lived in Yarnvid, the Iron Wood, fed the wolf Monogarm on unburied men and on the corpses of those who fell in battle. Mightily grew and flourished the wolf that was to be the devourer of Mani, the moon. The champions in Valhalla would find their seats splashed with the blood that Monogarm dashed from his jaws. This was a sign to the gods that the time of the last battle was approaching. A cock crew. Far down in the bowels of the earth he was, and beside Hela's habitation. The rusty red cock of Hel crew and his crowing made a stir in the lower worlds. In Jotunheim a cock crew, Fialar, the crimson cock, and at his crowing the giants aroused themselves. High up in Asgard a cock crew, the golden cock, Gulinkambir, and at his crowing the champions in Valhalla bestirred themselves. A dog barked, deep down in the earth the dog barked. It was Garm, the hound with a bloody mouth, barking in Nipa's cave. The dwarfs who heard groaned before their doors of stone. The tree Yggdrasil moaned in all its branches. There was a rending noise as the giants moved their ship. There was a trampling sound as the hosts of Muspelheim gathered their horses. But Jotunheim and Muspelheim and Hel waited tremblingly. It might be that Fenrir the wolf might not burst the bonds wherewith the gods had bound him. Without his being loosed the gods might not be destroyed. And then was heard the rending of the rock as Fenrir broke loose. For the second time the hound Garm barked in Nipa's cave. Then was heard the galloping of the horses of the riders of Muspelheim. Then was heard the laughter of Loki. Then was heard the blowing of Heimdall's horn. Then was heard the opening of Valhalla's five hundred and forty doors, as eight hundred champions made ready to pass through each door. Odin took counsel with Mimir's head. Up from the waters of the Well of Wisdom he drew it, and by the power of the runes he knew he made the head speak to him. Where best might the Aesir and the Vanir and the Einherjar, who were the champions of Midgard, meet, and how best might they strive with the forces of Muspelheim and Jotunheim and Hel? The head of Mimir counselled Odin to meet them on Vigard Plain, and to wage there such a war that the powers of evil would be destroyed forever, even though his own world should be destroyed with them. The riders of Muspelheim reached Bifrost, the Rainbow Bridge. 
now would they storm the city of the gods and fill it with flame. But Bifrost broke under the weight of the riders of Muspelheim, and they came not to the city of the gods. Jormungand, the serpent that encircles the world, reared itself up from the sea. The waters flooded the lands, and the remnant of the world's inhabitants was swept away. That mighty flood floated Nagelfar, the ship of nails that the giants were so long building, and floated the ship of hell also. With Hrymer the giant steering it, Nagelfar sailed against the gods, with all the powers of Jotunheim aboard. And Loki steered the ship of hell, with the wolf Fenrir upon it, for the place of the last battle. Since Bifrost was broken, the Aesir and the Vanir, the Asynir and the Vana, the Einherjar and the Valkyries, rode downward to Vigard through the waters of Thund. Odin rode at the head of his champions. His helmet was of gold, and in his hand was his spear Gunnir. Thor and Tyr were in his company. In Murkvid, the dark forest, the Vanir stood against the host of Muspelheim. From the broken end of the rainbow bridge the riders came, all flashing and flaming, with fire before them and after them. Njord was there with Skadi, his giant wife, fierce in her war-dress. Freya was there also, and Frey had Gerda beside him as a battle-maiden. Terribly bright flashed Surtur's sword. No sword ever owned was as bright as his, except the sword that Frey had given to Skirnir. Frey and Surtur fought. He perished. Frey perished in that battle, but he would not have perished if he had had in his hand his own magic sword. And now for the third time Garm, the hound with blood upon his jaws, barked. He had broken loose on the world, and with fierce bounds he rushed toward Vigard Plain, where the gods had assembled their powers. Loud barked Garm. The eagle, Hrisvelgur, screamed on the edge of heaven. Then the skies were cloven and the tree Yggdrasil was shaken in all its roots. To the place where the gods had drawn up their ranks came the ship of Jotunheim and the ship of Hel, came the riders of Muspelheim, and Garm the hound with blood upon his jaws, and out of the sea that now surrounded the plain of Vigard the serpent Jormungand came. What said Odin to the gods and to the champions who surrounded him? We will give our lives and let our world be destroyed, but we will battle so that these evil powers will not live after us. Out of Hel's ship sprang Fenrir the wolf. His mouth gaped, his lower jaw hung against the earth, and his upper jaw scraped the sky. Against the wolf Odin all-father fought. Thor might not aid him, for Thor had now to encounter Jormungand, the monstrous serpent. By Fenrir the wolf Odin was slain. But the younger gods were now advancing to the battle, and Vidar, the silent god, came face to face with Fenrir. He laid his foot on the wolf's lower jaw, that foot that had on the sandal made of all the scraps of leather that shoemakers had laid by for him, and with his hands he seized the upper jaw and tore his gullet. Thus died Fenrir, the fiercest of all the enemies of the gods. Jormungand, the monstrous serpent, would have overwhelmed all with the venom he was ready to pour forth. But Thor sprang forward and crushed him with a stroke of his hammer Mjolnir. Then Thor stepped back nine paces, but the serpent blew his venom over him, and blinded and choked and burnt, Thor, the world's defender, perished. Loki sprang from his ship and strove with Heimdall, 
the warder of the rainbow bridge and the watcher for the gods loki slew heimdall and was slain by him bravely fought tyr the god who had sacrificed his sword-hand for the binding of the wolf bravely he fought and many of the powers of evil perished by his strong left hand but garm the hound with bloody jaws slew tyr and now the riders of muspelheim came down on the field bright and gleaming were all their weapons before them and behind them went wasting fires surtur cast fire upon the earth the tree yggdrasil took fire and burned in all its great branches the world tree was wasted in the blaze but the fearful fire that surtur brought upon the earth destroyed him and all his host the wolf hati caught up on sol the sun the wolf monogarm seized on mani the moon they devoured them stars fell and darkness came down on the world the seas flowed over the burnt and wasted earth and the skies were dark above the sea for sol and mani were no more but at last the seas drew back and the earth appeared again green and beautiful a new sun and a new moon appeared in the heavens one a daughter of sol and the other a daughter of mani no grim wolves kept them in pursuit four of the younger gods stood on the highest of the world's peaks they were vidar and vali the sons of odin and modi and mogni the sons of thor modi and mogni found mjolnir thor's hammer and with it they slew the monsters that still raged through the world the hound garm and the wolf monogarm vidar and vali found in the grass the golden tablets on which were inscribed the runes and wisdom of the elder gods the runes told them of a heaven that was above Asgard, of Gimli, that was untouched by Surtur's fire. Vili and Ve, will and holiness, ruled in it. Baldur and Hudur came from Hela's habitation, and the gods sat on the peak together and held speech with each other, calling to mind the secrets and the happenings they had known before Ragnarok, the twilight of the gods. Deep in a wood two of humankind were left, the fire of Surtur did not touch them. They slept, and when they wakened, the world was green and beautiful again. These two fed on the dews of the morning. A woman and a man they were. Lif and Lifrasir. They walked abroad in the world, and from them and from their children came the men and women who spread themselves over the earth. End of Part 4 End of the Children of Odin by Parik Kolum